amen, everybody. God bless you. Thank you very much. Okay, let's go. All right, everybody. You ready to get into the word a little bit? Well, I've asked the worship team to stay. So I want to start this message off a little bit differently than normal. Uh, but I have, I want to set, set the stage a little bit. So today we're kicking off a brand new series called Nations and Neighbors. And the heart for this series is that God's heart is for the entire world. It's for the nations of the world. His kingdom is expanding and it's welcoming of all the nations but it's not just the generalized nations, but his heart is for the neighbors. It's the people all around you in this room. It's the people all around you at work, at school. So nations and neighbors. And I just think about this and, and really what we're gonna go after is that the Lord would just do a work in this church and show us how we can impact the nations and how we can impact the neighbors all around us. I'm curious, did you know, did you know that God's heart is to use you to reach the unbelieving world all around you? And I'll say that again. Did you know that God's plan A is you? Is you, not just the religious elite or those that went to seminary or those that can sing. You and all your giftings and all your background and all your brokenness, and all your failure, and all of your bumpy parts of your story, and all of your giftings, all of your strengths, you, God's plan A is you. And so, again, I just, let me set the stage for a moment that I want to have. We started off this year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And it was such a powerful time, and I don't know if you remember or you're still there, but you could just sense a deep hunger in our church. You could just sense the hunger. And, and even yesterday at prayer, we had our first Saturday prayer yesterday and many of us gathered. And you could just sense it in the room. There was just a hunger. We were even joking afterwards. I bet if we didn't stop, it wouldn't have stopped. We would have just kept going and worshiping and praying. And so not just here, but then you look across the nation and you see on college campuses, worship and prayer gatherings happening and, and different churches. And I've even talked with other pastors from other churches who similarly started the year with a 21 days of prayer. And they just all say the same. It's just something's up. Something's different. So whether this is the beginning of something that will go down in history or whether this is just temporary, can we just agree that something is shifting, something is happening and so here's the image that I keep seeing how about we just throw up our sail and we just ask the Holy Spirit to just show us if the wind is blowing the best way to know if the wind's blowing is just to put the sail up and see and so I just want to pray that we as a church would ask the Lord to, as we throw up our sails we would ask the Lord to show us and that we would even ask him now, if it's not happening anywhere else, how about here? How about the Lord would send revival to this church, to this city, to this state, to this nation, to the world? And so, let me just 
paint the picture for you. So I even have it on the screen. You hear the word revival talking, tossed around a lot. So I want to define revival. Revival is when the Spirit of God shows up to ignite a fire in people, which then accelerates and moves those people towards the mission of God. It's a special touch from the Spirit that ignites a fire and it moves people into mission. And just think about the word revival, to revive. It literally means to make what was dead alive. You know, in the Spirit, revival means to make what was spiritually indifferent, spiritually asleep, spiritually numb, and to make alive, to awaken. I was even talking to someone this morning. It's like a defibrillator, however you say that, where you put it together and you shock the heart. That's what revival is. It's when the Lord and the Spirit comes upon a people and he shocks their heart into rhythm. What was dead, what was not beating is now beating and alive and ignited into mission. And so are we seeing revival? I pray we are. Why not pray that we are? Why not pray and ask the Lord that he would meet us and his people all across the nation. And what you see in revival is a strong conviction of sin, where sin is not tolerated, where conformity to culture is not tolerated anymore. It is genuine repentance and brokenness before the Lord. And there in that place, the Lord meets people and he forgives and he awakens and he shocks the heart into mission. And so if that is what, happen- is, what is happening, I pray that this fire from the Lord would fall. And so I want to just, again, give an image for you. When you think about fire, fire needs oxygen and combustible material to spread. So when something or somebody lights a fire, what it needs is combustible material so that that fire can continue to spread. If the fire tries to spread and there's nothing combustible around, the fire will just go out. So I remember I was driving home in college after class. I'm rounding the corner and I'm almost home. And I remember looking and seeing a a house in my neighborhood. The back right corner was lit up in flames. So I slammed my brakes on, jumped out of my car, and I knocked once. And I'm like, why am I knocking? The house is on fire. So I just opened the door. And in the living room were two little kids sitting on the couch. And then I peeked my, I walked in and I look into the kitchen and there's a couple just panicking trying to put this fire out. I'm like, it's too late. It's on the roof. We got to get out. Fire department comes. They put it out. And it was a classic story. What they said was they were cooking with grease. The grease jumped, hit the curtains. The curtains lit on fire, jumped over to the cabinets, and it was too late. No matter what they did, they could not put out the fire. What you had was combustible material. The fire caught the combustible material, and it spread. And so with that in mind, in Acts 2, we have a familiar passage of Scripture where the disciples are gathered together, and they were waiting for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had just ascended, and he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, but not yet. Wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And so the disciples, according to Acts 1.14, it simply says that they gathered in unity and they devoted themselves to prayer. They probably worshipped. They probably prayed. 
They probably discussed scripture, they ate together. But what was happening here, as they were waiting, they were positioning themselves to become combustible material. They were fully submitted to Christ. They were expectant, they were waiting. They had already settled it. It's not my will, but your will be done. It was a life completely laid down, which to me, biblically, I would argue, a life completely laid down for the sake of Christ is combustible material. A life completely laid down, like we just saying, here I am, here I am, you can have it all. That's the heart of, a, of combustible material. And in Acts 2, it finally happens. In verse 1 of chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from, a, from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. So what happens when fire hits combustible material? It catches and it spreads. Yeah. The fire of the Holy Spirit falls upon the disciples who are gathered together. And it says in divided tongues, which we're going to talk about in a minute. As a fire fell upon them and rested on them. And so here's what I want to do. If you would stand with me, stand back to your feet. Before we continue any further in this teaching, I just want to pause. I, if this is from God, I pray it is awesome. If it's not, then it'll, we'll sing a little bit and we'll move on. But this week as I was preparing, I called Sean. I was like, I just am sensing a moment with the church and can we do this and so I just want to pause and I just want to pray that the Lord would do what he did here that the Lord would bring revival among us and revival is not man-made it is not man manipulated it is not manipulative words and services that produces emotional responses and then you leave here and the emotion's gone and that's it. That's not what revival is. Revival is when God sovereignly chooses to ignite his people with fire, which then moves them into mission. And as we're going to talk about for the next four weeks, what that mission is, it's to reach the nations and the neighbors. And why not pray in faith that the Lord would ignite a fire in us to do that? But again, what revival is not is just staying in the upper room forever. Revival is an upper room experience that leads to leaving the upper room for mission. And so I just want to pray that why not? Why not believe in faith? Why not? Perhaps it'll just be in us, inward transformation that the Lord is doing. I don't know. But would you join your faith with mine? And can we just pray? that the Lord would do what he does a lot and ignites a, a people of God. So Lord, in faith, God, we, we just agree. Would you make us now combustible material? Would you 
Help us to repent of our sin. Would you show us the deepest parts of our heart that are off limits to you? God, would you help us to be broken over all of the things that we do that are not your way, that are not what your word says? God, would you help us to lay our hearts down on the altar? And God, help us to surrender. And it's in that place, God, that I'm just believing that we, by your spirit, become combustible, Lord. And so, Lord, as we are repenting, God, we forgive us of our sin. We turn from our wicked ways, Lord. And we ask that you would send the Holy Spirit. Fill us with the fire of your spirit, God. Ignite our hearts towards you. It's not our wills, but yours be done, Lord. And so, God, I ask right now, starting with this church, Lord, would you send revival? God, would you shock our hearts back into the rhythm of your mission, of your plan? Lord, we ask, send revival. Every heart, every family, God, I pray every single home would just be ignited with a passion and a fire and a hunger. God, I pray you would restore marriages, that you would use parents to teach kids your truth and your way. God, I pray that all of us that belong to this church, God, from the oldest to the youngest, would you ignite a passion, a hunger in us just to pursue you, to pray, to read your word, to worship, to gather together, and God, and to move into mission, to see our lives as the vehicle in which you want to reach the nations and the neighbors of our world. And so, Lord, we pray for every local church here in this community. God, we pray for the world outreach. We pray for the experience. We pray for a new vision. God, we pray for First Baptist, Third Baptist, God, all the churches. Would you ignite? Would you show up in a special way? God, in this community, would we come into unity, God, and bring revival to this city? God, let this city be healed. God, let all of the problems of fatherlessness, God, of sexual addiction, of murder, God, of theft, all the things, God, let it be met by you. God, would you, invade, would you help us to invade a broken culture on mission? God, we pray for our nation. God, would you heal our land? Would you heal our land, God? Would you bring revival to this nation, God? We believe, we pray, we ask in Jesus' name, Lord, send revival. Awaken your church. No more conformity, no more spiritual indifference, God. No more just punting things over to others, God. We all want to be in your mission. So, Lord, ignite a fire in us, we pray. So I just want to take a second. Worship team is just going to lead us. Let's just sing back to the Lord. Let's just worship him.
Pray, Lord. That's what we pray, God. We pray right now, if it be your will, we are here. We lay down our lives completely to you. God, every title that we carry is secondary to follower of Jesus. We are followers of Jesus that are dads. We are followers of Jesus that are moms. We are followers of Jesus that are business owners. We are followers of Jesus that are teachers. God, whatever titles we carry, God, they, may they submit to you. We're available. We pray in the spirit now. What you have done is a heart transformation that accelerates and leads to mission. God, we want to go. We want to be the people to reach this city for Jesus. We're putting our foots down, God. No more. We're not punting culture over to the enemy. God, we're invading the dark places. And Lord, thank you that you say that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. That we play offense. We are kicking gates down. And may we do that, ignite the fire. We know that we can't do it. It's not by our power, not by our strength, not by our strategy, but by your spirit, Lord. So we ask that you would come, you would fill us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. Amen. I'll go ahead and grab a seat. Don't. Don't view this as the music ended. We are transitioning to another move, moment. Same moment. Stay here with me. But if this be of the Lord, then we by faith receive it. And if this be of the Lord, then go ahead and buckle up. Because <laughs> we're going to see some mighty things. It'll be awesome. Well, let's just continue to pray again. Just hear that the Lord would continue to do a work and show us it may not look like you might think it may not look like a bunch of outward emotional expression though it might it could some revivals for some reason are joined by massive healings some are just massive movements towards the word of God I just say how about all of it <laughs> how about all of it and so perhaps what we are seeing is the Lord making us combustible material in the spirit for this fire to come and rapidly spread. This is what we saw in Acts 2. We saw revival break out 
the fire of the Holy Spirit fall and disciples begin to speak in unknown tongues. And we could spend hours just carefully sorting through what this means. I mean, I could just go ahead and point out in the room right now, when I say tongues, you have lots of categories of people. One side generally get excited, tongues, and then the other side shrink back, oh God, we're going to talk about that. Whatever the case, what you see here is the Holy Spirit falls and he comes straight for their language. He comes straight for their tongue. And the disciples speak in an unknown tongue. And on the outside, what you see are foreigners gathered there, thousands of different people on the outside of wherever the disciples were. And this is what we read in Acts 2, 7 through 12. It says, and they, the foreigners, were amazed and astonished, saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Meaning, aren't these just ordinary Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native tongue? And then what you get is a language is being heard. There's so much going on here that I, prophetically that we could explain, and you can just wait till the summer when we cover Acts, the whole book, in detail. But just admire this long list of languages heard and then in verse 11 and 12 it's at the bottom in verse 11 says that the people were amazed it says we hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God the mighty works of God and all were amazed and perplexed saying to one another what does this mean so when you hear this story in Acts 2 it almost always gets associated from the disciples Perspective. They're in this room praying, the Holy Spirit falls, and they speak in an unknown tongue. But consider the perspective from the outsiders. Consider this perspective from those outside of this room. The Holy Spirit miraculously gets a hold of the disciples' tongue, and the unbelievers on the outside miraculously hear in their own language the mighty works of God. And then what follows is this miracle of Peter boldly preaching a sermon to thousands of people and he shares the gospel with them and the Bible tells us even in Acts 2.41 that those who received his Peter's words were baptized and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people added. So again, I, I didn't really plan to but when you think about the topic of Acts 2 and tongues, what you typically see is people run away, but not here. 3,000 people got saved as a result of whatever miraculous thing just happened. The Spirit of God was moving. And perhaps it was a miracle for the disciples to speak. And perhaps consider it was also a miracle that somehow these people heard in their own language the mighty works of God. So here's my point in saying this, is that revival is when the Spirit of God shows up to ignite a fire in people, which then accelerates and moves those people towards the mission of God. The disciples gathered, they prayed, and that the Holy Spirit would come, and the Holy Spirit falls, ignites a fire, 
which led them to use their tongues, their speech, their language to miraculously draw these foreigners in, which led to Peter sharing the gospel, and it resulted in lost people getting saved. And the disciples would then give the rest of their lives to the mission of God. They would gather, they would worship, and they would pray. The Holy Spirit would fall, and then they would go and share the gospel. It was gathering to receive and going to give. Gathering to receive, going to give. And this is what happened to the early church. It was a fire that fell on combustible material that could not be stopped and it spread. And in case you don't see it in this room today, it has not stopped spreading. And it won't stop spreading until Jesus comes back. And so if our mission is to reach the nations and neighbors with the gospel, then we must follow the footsteps of the disciples, the early disciples. We gather, we pray, we worship, we ask the Spirit of God like we just did, send fire, ignite our hearts, because we know in and of ourselves we can't do this. Our hearts are bent inward to ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit to help us to look outward. We gather and we pray so that we can go. So that we can go. And if we're praying in faith for the Lord to send revival, then we must be ready and equipped to go and execute the mission of God. So what is the mission of God? The mission of God is to reach the unreached and unbelieving with the gospel and then disciple them. Simple. Reach the unreached and unbelieving with the gospel and disciple those people. See, lost people found and discipled. We can't just convert a bunch of people and convert and convert and convert and then neglect to disciple them because that leads to immature baby Christians that probably fall into crazy theological beliefs or fall back into sin. But then we don't want to only focus solely on discipleship and not evangelism because how do you disciple when there's no new life around? We've got to get it both. The mission of God is to reach the unreached and unbelieving with the gospel and disciple them. Evangelism and discipleship, they go together. Some churches zone in solely on evangelism. Some churches zone in solely on discipleship. Christian life is going to zone in on both. New life, disciple-making. New life, disciple-making. And you see this out-of-balance thing in a lot of churches. And what happens is they get stale, they get stagnant, they get boring. I mean, I hate to say, I was talking to an, an older lady recently. She said, my church, we have about 15, and we're okay with that. We, we just like the people that are with us. We don't really care to grow. We just like our 15 people and I'm like how can you be okay with that don't get me wrong I love this church 
I love you guys. Some of the deepest relationships in my life are you in this church. But what I think about, what breaks my heart, is that there are empty seats in this room. Because what that means is somebody did not come to church today. What that means is somebody does not know Jesus and they are not walking with believers in this room. We cannot get satisfied and stale and stagnant with who we have. That is not executing the mission of God. And what burdens this heart is the ones not here. In fact, their seats are empty. And in fact, the people who belong in those seats, they eat at the same restaurants as us. They work at the same place we do. Their kids actually play sports with your kids. You walk by them in the grocery store, and they're not here. The mission of God is to go and reach those people, every nation, every neighbor, for the glory of God, and see those people reached by the gospel. Now, I know it's not as cut and dry as just I tell them about Jesus, they break down in the store and get saved, and that's it. That's not how it works. <laughs> the world would be reached now if that was as easy as it is. But no matter how hard, no matter how sticky, our mission is still the same, to go and reach and disciple people. And so this is the heart behind this series. And we're praying and believing for revival, igniting our hearts with the fire of God to go and reach the nations and neighbors all around us. And we want to equip you in this series with evangelism. Evangelism. Evangelism is the vehicle in which we share Jesus with people. It is sharing the gospel with others. It is walking with others. It is evangelism. And this is, in essence, what happened in Acts 2. They saw the Holy Spirit fall, which led to them going and sharing the gospel. And so to reach the nations and the neighbors all around us, we must come back to evangelism. We can't be afraid of it anymore. We want to pastor you towards evangelism. No more caring so much what people think. No more thinking you are unequipped to share. No more thinking those outgoing people do evangelism. This is all of us. All of us are in this together. We exist to reach the unbelieving, and evangelism is how we do that. And so as we begin to wrap up, I want to just put some language to this. This is language that I hope you hear more and more and more. But we want to be a go-and-tell church instead of a come-and-see church. Let me explain. Come-and-see is what most generations behind us have adopted. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with the come and see. Come and see means people just come to church on Sunday and there may be a select few that invite lost people to church and it's at church that these lost people may hear the gospel, may get an altar call and pastor leads them to the Lord. Again, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, this will always be a part of gathering on the weekends where the gospels preach and people respond and come to the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. However, this cannot be the primary way anymore. It just can't because come and see does not work 
when there's a generation that doesn't even want to come to church. You can't come and see if you don't want to come to the church. If, cult, if culture is not accepting to church, if a generation is burnt and rejecting towards the church, and we are waiting for them to come to us, that's not going to work. We have to be a go-and-tell church. We can't just hope that our lost friends come with us to church so pastor can lead them to Jesus. I can tell you who's going to lead them to Jesus. You are. This is our heart for this congregation. What I dream about is a church that is equipped and ignited by the fire of God to live their lives to go and tell the neighbors all around, the nations all around, to share the gospel, to patiently walk with people and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray that the Lord would use you to reach them. And I dream about altar calls happening at your kitchen table. I dream about people being led to Lord over coffee at Brasshorn or Starbucks or Just Love, wherever you want to go. I pray about phone calls between you and coworkers where you are going and telling them about Jesus. And of course, in that is an invitation to come with me. I go to church at Christian Life, come be a part, come worship with us, come be a part. But all the while, it is you going and telling. This is our heart. Because to reach the lost culture, we have to go and tell, not wait for them to come to us. Say it again. To reach the lost culture, we have to go and tell, not wait for them to come to us. To walk with lost and broken people. It's to get messy. It's to get frustrated and to have pain in your heart. It's not easy to walk with lost, broken people. If they start coming here, you might have to lock your car. You might have to hold your bag closed. Let's just be honest. Praise God for a security team. We know to walk with lost, broken people is messy. I know because I once was that broken, lost, and messy person. Praise God for people that didn't give up on me. When I I'm so enslaved to my anger that I grabbed my college pastor by the collar of his shirt to fight in college. That was me. And praise God that he said, we're going to coffee tomorrow. And he didn't say, forget you, you're out of here. He knew what it was like to walk with broken and messy. And he was patient with me and ultimately would see me overcome anger. It's messy. It's painful, it's broken, but I can tell you firsthand, it pales in comparison to see them respond to Jesus. Seeing someone accept Christ and actually see that light bulb go off and to begin to see the transformational work of the Holy Spirit do a work in their lives, to see them on stage lined up to get baptized, to walk with, there's nothing like it. In fact, it makes it all worth it. All the tears, all the heartache, it's so worth it to see God do a work. And I pray that this church would be a go and tell church. We say we welcome the lost here, but do we?
You say you have a heart for unbelievers, but do you? Do you really mean it? In fact, if you put your life up on a screen, would you see that you tend to criticize the lost more than pray and love and intercede for them? We're just getting brutally honest. We say we want lost people here, but do we? And I pray that if we're honest and we say we haven't, the Holy Spirit has done a work in our hearts to correct our thinking and to push us towards the lost. Because to reach a lost culture in a lost generation, it requires church believers in Christ to lay down their lives and by the Holy Spirit igniting a fire in us to go and tell. Amen. So here's my heart in summary. God's heart is for the nations of the world and the neighbors all around us. And we as believers in Jesus, we gather together to be filled with the Spirit, to be ignited. We sing, we worship, we eat, we laugh, we pray, and we do all of these things so that we can go and tell. We gather and we go. And for too long, if we aren't careful, we can be so satisfied only with gathering, encountering the Lord, hanging with Christians, Bible study after Bible study, worship nights, events, only gathering and never going, only receiving and never giving. And Lord, help us to repent of that. If that's you, and that's definitely me, if I'm not careful, may we repent and say, Lord, we gather to go. And I pray that by the Spirit, he helps us to have a good balance of this because we have a mission to do. Amen? Stand with me. Nation and neighbors. Nations and neighbors. And the way the Lord wants to reach the nations and the neighbors is us. You can feel the tension. You can feel the Lord even doing a work in the room. But I pray that the Lord would continue to move us into mission. And what today was, today was just the beginning of a four-week-long conversation. How do we truly impact the nations and what part do we play? That's next week. How do we practically reach the neighbors around us in our families, in our workplaces, our schools? What does evangelism look like in the life of an ordinary person? These are things we're going to talk about. But today was just really a matter of going after the heart. I think the Lord just wants to reel in all of our hearts. Again, it is a a jump start, shocking back into rhythm what the Lord wants to do. He wants to use us. We don't exist here on earth just to live a good life and die and go to heaven. That is not the mission we are on. That is deception. We exist to be Jesus followers that parent our kids for the glory of God. We exist to be Jesus followers that work our jobs to the best of our abilities 
to influence those around us. We are Jesus followers that are students at the schools that we attend. And we exist to go and tell. And again, I just, I just was dreaming all week. I just dream of the day that the baptism line is out the door. And next to each person in line is you because you had an impact and a part in leading them to the Lord. And when you get on the stage, the person baptizing them is you. And then when you leave the baptismal, the person walking with them through life and discipling them is you. Go and tell. Reach the lost, make disciples. This is what this series is all about. And are you committed to figuring this thing out? Are you willing to lay down your life for the mission of God? Are you willing to invite the Holy Spirit to ignite a fire in your heart? Are you willing to share the gospel with others and disciple them? I can promise you this, if you're willing, if we are willing, then this city is gonna look a lot different. Your families are gonna look a lot different. Your friend groups, your schools are gonna look a lot different. The nations of the world are gonna look a lot different if a church is willing to go and tell. You believe it? so for this series, what we want to do, we want to end every message just interceding for the nations and for our city, for our neighbors. And then we want to officially dismiss you by commissioning you out, sending you out to go reach the nations and neighbors. And so first what we want to do, we want to just intercede for the nations. I'm thinking those across the sea, those outside of our country, the nations of the world. So join me as we pray for these nations. Lord, we pray. Lord, your heart is for the nations. We're gonna talk about this next week. Your heart is for the nations of the world. Lord, I pray that you would show us our part in reaching the nations. God, we pray that from this church, missionaries would be sent. People who are willing to lay their lives down would be sent to go and reach the unreached. God, we pray right now specifically for the Wall-Off people. God, those in the Wall-Off tribe that do not know Jesus, God, we pray that you would use those that do know Jesus to reach those that do not. God, we pray that a mighty move of God would happen in the Wall-Off tribes. God, as they gather around in circles doing Bible studies, I pray for a mighty move of God to happen. And God, we pray as we continue to seek and search for the next people group, to reach, Lord, would you give us an answer? Would you show us, would you give us faces and direction on more lost, unreached people groups to reach? And God, thank you for the generosity of this church. God, thank you that, that this church can be even a financial supporter to your mission. So God, I pray that you would continue to bless the people of this church, God, with more job opportunities and more business things so that you ultimately can use it to fund your mission. And God, not just financially, but Lord, burden our hearts to pray for the nations. Help us to pray and intercede, God, for these nations, for these people groups. God, we pray. We thank you your heart is for the nations. But Lord, we thank you that your heart is for here, for our city. God, we pray for Murfreesboro and Rutherford County. God, that a move of God would happen here. 
that every local church would just encounter a, a fire encounter with you and that people of God would just do what they are supposed to do, that we would gather to go, that we would know you in your word and prayer and worship and then go and tell people about you and tell people the gospel. God, we pray for every family in this room. God, I just see even faces of those that are family members of people in this room that do not know you. I think of the tears that have been cried and the prayers that have been said on their behalf, Lord, just pleading with you to reach them. God, I, I agree with them. I pray that you would reach lost family members, that you would bring prodigals home. God, that you would use all of us to even reach our families. God, I even pray for the ones in the room that, that do not know you. God, I pray by the Spirit of God, would you reveal yourself to them Would you draw them close to you, God? God, even use me, even use the team. God, if anyone in here wants to know you, push them to come and talk to one of us, God, so that we can walk with them. But Lord, we just want to see lost people reached, and we want to join you in discipling them. So God, I pray that you would do a work in this church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. All right. A lot has happened today, and it's been awesome. But again, I pray that as we leave here, continue to pray.